Hello, everyone, and welcome to the November 16th edition of WarComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Folson, attorney with Floyd, Skarn, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our weekly news. Several Southern California doctors have been arrested in what federal authorities are calling the first wave of a $25 million workers' compensation fraud indictment. Eight medical professionals and associates are charged with buying and selling patients in a bribery scheme involving improper claims for medical services and devices which were billed to California workers' compensation insurance companies. FBI agents, along with investigators from the California Department of Insurance and the San Diego County District Attorney's Office, served five search warrants and three seizure warrants at locations in San Diego, Chula Vista, National City, Murrieta, and Los Angeles. Five people plus six corporations are charged in three federal grand jury indictments. The indictments allege that the defendants either paid or received tens of thousands of dollars to buy or sell hundreds of patients without the patient's knowledge. The U.S. attorney said the indictments are only the first wave of charges of rampant corruption on the part of some physicians and chiropractors. San Diego District Attorney Bonnie Dumanis said that this criminal network bought and sold patients like cattle. One of the indictments implicates Los Angeles radiologist Ronald Grusid for allegedly paying bribes to a San Diego chiropractor in exchange for patient referrals. The bribes were funneled to the chiropractor via Grusid's corporation, Willows Consulting. Grusid's practice, California Imaging Network Medical Group, has clinics in San Diego, Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, Fresno, Rialto, Santa Ana, Studio City, Bakersfield, Calexico, East Los Angeles, Lancaster, Victorville, and Visalia. In another indictment, a second San Diego chiropractor, Dr. George Reese, with offices on El Cajon Boulevard, allegedly referred patients to a Los Angeles-area medical service provider in return for bribes. The bribes were set at $100 per patient and paid through an intermediary. After taking a cut amounting to $25 per patient, the intermediary would pay the remaining $75 per patient to Reese. Although disguised as office rent payments, The illegal bribes were paid in cash during clandestine exchanges in restaurants and parking lots. In one instance, $6,000 in cash was allegedly delivered to Reese in the parking lot of the Jolly Roger in Oceanside, hidden in a gift bag. At other times, it was passed in envelopes or stashed inside newspapers. According to the indictment, Reese and his co-defendants generated and submitted bills to insurers totaling in the tens of millions of dollars. Most of the treatments involve the providing of shock wave therapy, which uses low-energy sound waves to initiate tissue repair. In the final indictment, a San Diego chiropractor referred patients to Julian Garcia, a licensed provider of durable medical equipment. 
In return, Garcia paid the chiropractor $50 for each patient in cash to disguise the kickbacks. Garcia then improperly billed workers' comp insurers millions for hot and cold packs for patients who had been secured by bribes. A longtime counselor with the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation was sentenced to six months in jail for workers' compensation fraud and other charges. 55-year-old Hosea Morgan of Vacaville worked at San Quentin State Prison. In 2009, he told his doctors that he had pain in several parts of his body that kept him from walking, sitting, and sleeping. Morgan claimed that 24 years of altercations and fights with inmates had left him disabled. He received more than $50,000 for his workers' compensation and medical claims. But jurors in the September trial watched hours of video surveillance footage of Morgan playing basketball, moving appliances, working out at a local health club, and coaching basketball. Morgan was also shown performing in the play Misery Loves Company at the Fairfield Center for Creative Arts. Morgan is set to be back in court in January to determine how much he will be ordered to repay the state during his five years of formal probation that follow his jail time. And in regulatory news, a new California labor law gives employers some slack now that Governor Brown signed a bill that provides employers with a limited window to correct technical violations in itemized wage statements. AB 1506 is a bipartisan effort to strike a balance between protecting the integrity of wage statements and providing relief to employers from potential litigation over minor paperwork violations. The bill, which received unanimous support in both the Assembly and Senate, includes an urgency clause that allowed it to immediately become law. In recent years, there have been a number of cases in which employers were sued for minor, hyper-technical violations of existing law. Existing law requires employers to provide accurate itemized wage statements and allows employees through an attorney to file what is called a representative action against an employer for any violation of the labor code related to pay stubs. Because penalties can be high and the cost of defending them substantial, some employers have opted to settle employee claims rather than contest them in court. And a handful of legal firms around the state have made a lot of money convincing clients to go after their employers for these claims. But now AB 1506 allows employers up to 33 days to cure any alleged technical violation on wage statements. AB 506 was supported by the California Chamber of Commerce, which applauded Governor Brown's fiscal prudence in limiting frivolous and potentially devastating litigation against employers. The political pressure on the drug industry's pricing practices intensified this week, with the Senate launching a formal investigation into four companies that have been hiking up prices. The Senate's Special Committee on Aging said the probe will include Turing Pharmaceuticals, AG Valiant Pharmaceuticals, Retrofin, and Rodell's Therapeutics. 
Last September, Martin Screlly, the 32-year-old formal former hedge fund manager who is the CEO of Turing, became the face of the industry's greed. He insisted on national television that the $750 a pill price on the formerly $18 a pill generic drug known as Daraprim was justified. The outcry also prompted scrutiny of other companies that had taken similar actions. Valiant, in the summer, quadrupled the price of its drug Cupramine, which treats an inherited disorder that can cause liver and nerve damage. Retrofin has been criticized for hiking the price of an old drug called Theola more than 20-fold. The drug is used almost exclusively for patients suffering from a particularly nasty disease affecting the kidneys. Separately, the United States Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York is investigating Screlly for his actions during this time frame. The allegations are complex, and the details of the case have not yet been made public. Last October, Rodelli's Therapeutics, which specializes in a drug for a rare disease, found itself in the spotlight after its plan to raise the drug's price more than 20-fold were revealed. Only a week later, after purchasing the rights to the medicine, it agreed to return it to the nonprofit that previously had the rights. In a new study, the WCIRB researchers have documented significant differences in the cost of claims among California regions. The study found that the Los Angeles region experiences significantly higher claim frequency relative to the rest of California while the Silicon Valley and San Francisco Bay Area regions experience lower claim frequencies. The Santa Monica, San Fernando Valley region is second, and San Gabriel Valley, Pasadena region is third highest. No opinion was provided to explain these differences. WCIRB researchers also found that claim severities tend to be higher in the Central Valley and many of the urban coastal areas, but lower in the more remote rural areas of the state. The study of geographical differences in California workers' compensation claim costs and a mapping of nine-digit zip codes to the study's regions are available on the WCIRB website in the Research and Analysis section. And in medical news... Catastrophic thinking, perceived injustice, entrenched beliefs, and fear avoidance are combined psychological risk factors or the elephant in the room when it comes to their negative impact on claims outcomes. And Daryl Bruga of Life Team Health laid out a game plan for mitigating these factors at a presentation at the National Workers' Compensation and Disability Conference and Expo in Las Vegas this month. Bruga outlined the ways that injured workers who might have a defeatist mindset can be re-engaged and brought back to a more fulfilling life, one that includes a working income. Life Team is conducting a pilot program with Southern California Permanente Medical Group and Dr. John Harbaugh, an occupational medicine physician director at Permanente, was Bruga's co-presenter. 
That path back involves activity coaching so that someone who has been off work for months can be aided in finding activities to create more structure in their life and build confidence. Ideally, engaging this person early on is most beneficial. However, Dr. Harbaugh said the obstacles to a healthy mindset in an injured worker can be formidable and deep-rooted. Harbaugh said abuse in childhood, whether it be physical violence, sexual abuse, or the psychic chaos created by an alcoholic or drug-addicted parent, greatly increases the possibility of work performance problems and a delayed recovery after an injury. He also claimed that a permanent disability settlement is nothing more than a veiled pathway to poverty. The Director of Medical and Health Management for Home Depot says that nurse case managers can vastly improve outcomes for injured workers and save a bundle for payers. The trick is to understand which claims will benefit from intervention and to use nurses with the right skill set. Stephanie Pirelli, Senior Director of Medical and Health Management for the Home Depot, described the process during a session at the National Workers' Compensation and Disability Conference and Expo in Las Vegas. For non-catastrophic cases, the company uses a model to determine whether to involve a nurse. And she said the results have significantly improved over the last three years. The company saw a 12% savings on paid medical dollars and a 28% reduction on paid loss dollars for claims with nurse involvement. But not every claim is appropriate for a nurse intervention. A recent study determined that 25 variables, especially when some are in combination, can serve as triggers. Mary O'Donohue, the Vice President of Medical Services for Helmsman Management Services, gave an example. She said that if you've got an injured worker who's over 35, has no college degree, has injured a certain body part, and undergone certain medical treatment, you should get a nurse as soon as possible. In addition to the complexity of the claim, a nurse's skill set can determine the value of involvement. Those nurses who are trustworthy can make the most difference. O'Donohue said they can identify problems, educate folks, and redirect where needed. Helmsman has found the most effective soft skills needed to move claims forward are communication with all parties involved, including family members, empathy to establish trust with the injured worker, and collaboration to make sure there is a plan in place and everyone is on the same page. Some insurers are now facing sticker shock for costs of some new gene therapies. Gene therapy, a risky approach aimed at fixing the malfunctioning genes at the root of some diseases, is finally emerging from its own darkness after weathering high-profile tragedies. And as it evolves from experimental to applied medicine, gene therapy might soon find itself steeped in a new controversy, soaring drug prices. Although no therapy is yet approved in the United States, industry leaders are already talking about massive 
one-time price tags that could make insurers and patients balk. A gene therapy approved in Europe in 2012 costs close to $1 million and prices are expected to follow suit in the United States. And the industry anticipates the potential backlash against the seven-figure price tag. Today, many companies have treatments in the pipeline. Unicure's drug, Glybera, in 2012, became the first gene therapy approved in Europe for a rare metabolic disease. Bluebird Bio, a biotechnology company that went public in 2013, is developing a variety of gene therapies, including a treatment for genetic blood disease. Spending on hemophilia uh, BA gene therapy could conceivably be priced as a one-time payment of $4 million to $6 million. A new study published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine says that customized physical therapy may provide more relief for lower back pain than just general advice. Researchers offered 300 patients with lower back pain two advice sessions explaining the source of their discomfort and providing instruction on proper lifting techniques. And roughly half of them also got 10 treatment sessions of personalized physical therapy over 10 weeks. The physical therapy group had significantly greater reductions in activity limitations than the advice group, and they also had less back pain. The findings suggest that individualized physical therapy achieves more rapid reduction in pain and in the long term, superior improvements in function. But the challenge for researchers is to continue to examine which particular physical therapy interventions work for specific types of patients with low back pain and determine the optimal timing. Although large self-insured companies have been using it for years, pre-claim nurse triage has not yet been wholeheartedly embraced by workers' compensation carriers. The managing director of triage for MedCore, an outsourcing triage service, says that big companies have already proven that pre-claim first aid screening works great. Captives have embraced pre-claim nurse triage, while state funds have also been slow to adopt the system. MedCore works with about 15 carriers now and says it's still in the very early stages of an adoption curve. Under the program, a nurse answers the phone directly and after obtaining a name and location, begins a series of questions on defining the injury. One insurer that sees benefits in using early claims triaging is Secura, which has been doing it since late 2011. The director of workers' compensation for Secura said the company was fully engaged with it by about the middle of 2012. The advantage of a nurse hotline is that the injured worker knows he or she is speaking with a medical professional who can provide reassurance. And with that story, that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, for past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, 
iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us, and please drop by again next week for more news.